0: hello welcome to sip tea with ali i am currently getting ready right now like i'm not going anywhere really but you know how like you don't have to go anywhere sometimes but you have to get ready you know um yeah <laughs> part of it's like because i know that like someone is coming over tonight most likely so that's why but the other part of me is like do I really care do I not care um but it is kind of weird to get ready but not have to go anywhere if that makes sense but it happens sometimes it's kind of nice like I was doing it during COVID and stuff but I thought that while I'm getting ready might as well make use of some time because it's like quiet it's either me blasting music or me talking to myself like okay I don't talk to myself but like you know thinking thoughts in my head that I could be saying out loud if that makes sense So, I have to sneeze, but I can't. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I think we're good. Um, Watch it come back, like, in a few minutes or a few seconds, and I'll, like, can't, I just won't be able to stop sneezing. Um, Allergies are really bad where I'm at right now, like, where I live, so it's not fun. Then again, it's always like that. I think it's kind of like that in every state, if you know what I mean. Like, of course, they have their seasons and there thi- their, are their times where, like, allergies are worse because you have, like, cedar and ragweed and all this different stuff that people are allergic to. A lot of times people don't know that they're allergic to it. And sometimes people are like, oh, I just have, like, an, an, you know, some sort of infection or a cold or whatever. But really, like, it could just be bad allergies. A lot of people um, have allergies to stuff outdoors, which sucks. I happen to know a lot of people who do get them, so it's kind of like, oh, I'm not alone. Um, in fact, a lot of members in my household will get some. like sinus infections or like just you know sinus headaches and different things because of pressure and fluid buildup and all that kind of stuff. I know it sounds disgusting, but it's life. It's it's our bodies. You know, God made us this way. Um, <laughs> so that kind of sucks, but. You learn to live with it i guess and um allergy allergy relief medicine like zyrtec it becomes your best friend like you take it once a day and (laughs) it's funny because you can tell when you don't take it which is a little frustrating um at least i can tell and other relatives can tell they're like shoot i forgot to take my zyrtec that's why i'm feeling like this and so it's funny how we can tell the difference but that's good though (laughs) it helps but only so much, if you know what I mean. Anyways, there's my tangent on, um, dude, I literally cannot talk, uh, on allergies. So, one of the reasons why I'm struggling with words today is because I had a class today, and in the class, um, I didn't have to speak a ton, if you know what I mean, but, like, We had to take turns reading aloud. I think I only had to do it once or twice. But, like, as someone who's more on the introverted side, it's kind of draining, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But I also talked a lot to my brother today because, um, like, we had some free time. Um, Like, during study period. So we're kind of talking to each other instead of studying, but it's okay. Um, But whenever I'm also, the thing is too, is like when I'm quiet for several hours, like in a classroom setting, I will need to rant like so badly about something when I get out of class because I'll just have so much to say. It's like, I will, I really have nothing to say in the class just because I'm like, no, please don't call on me. I don't want to talk. Like, no thank you, that makes me too anxious to think about. But then when, like, but it gives me tons of extra time. Like, even though I'm paying attention and I'm taking notes and everything, I feel like it gives me more time to, like, think about things or want to talk about stuff with people afterwards. Because if I feel comfortable with someone, I will talk their ear off. And so I'm comfortable with with myself most of the time. So talking to myself in a podcast episode makes sense, if that, if any of that makes sense to you guys, it makes sense to me, um, so it's kind of like, okay, and it helps me understand myself better, but, um, overall, like, I find myself being quite talkative about just random things after class, just because, I just have a lot to say about other stuff not related to the class at times that needs to get said or else I'm gonna explode. So it gives me a lot of time to think. And so I, you know, ate lunch and did all this other stuff and was kind of like semi-distracted but still was thinking about stuff. And And then I finally like just a little bit ago was like, okay, I really just can't like not think. So I was like, I'm gonna think. I ended up deciding that I was going to change it more into, like, a prayer, if you know what I mean. Like, have a talk with God. Like, I decided, okay, obviously, I'm thinking about these things for a reason. Like, I can't stop thinking about all this stuff. So, I might as well just pray. And so, what's weird is that I was going to pray about something entirely different than what I was thinking. Or talk about something entirely different than what I was thinking um, I was going to talk about until I was, like where I decided, okay, I'm just going to start talking to God now, something came out of my mouth that I was like, whoa, this is not exactly what I thought I was going to talk to God about, but obviously it's what I was meant to talk to God about. I apologize for the freakishly long intro, but I realized that if God put these thoughts in my heart or these desires and stuff, it it feels like it's worth sharing, you know? And... um. I feel like people, some people I've talked to recently have been thinking about some of this stuff as well, um, just relationships, vocation, all that kind of stuff, so I thought it'd be really interesting to hear my own opinions on that, like for people to hear my own opinions on that and why I've been thinking about it, why I feel like it's important to think about and pray about and acknowledge and um, it's not something you should just push to the side for the future but you shouldn't be thinking about it so much where like that's all you're thinking about. You're wrapped up in what your future is going to be like that you can't live in the present, right? Like you can't properly live in the present if you're constantly thinking or wishing for something else better or something to come. Like you're fantasizing about something literally all the time. So I have had a conversation with a few different people about their desire to be in a relationship. I think when you find yourself you know, getting older and, you know, taking life more seriously, if you find in yourself this desire to be in a relationship with someone, it's important to acknowledge that because God is putting that desire on your heart for a reason. If you feel that you are called to the married life, that's great. But you have to know for sure. And you can't just fall in love with anybody. You can't just have low standards, right? And you also have to realize that it's good to have standards. and If anything, it's great to have standards. But your standards might not always be the same as God's standards, if you know what I mean. Um, but I think the important thing to remember above all is that God's plan is the best plan. So we could say we want to do this and that or hope to do this and that, but we never know. We never know which, days, we know which day we're going to die. If, you know, we don't know if today is going to be our last day. So we can't constantly be thinking about the future, but it's also important to pray about it, though. Um, if you find in your heart a desire for a certain vocation and you know that God has put that desire on your heart, it's important to acknowledge that desire. You can't neglect it and you can't abuse it. And being able to acknowledge that is a really important thing. Um, because some people tend to neglect their just I guess like the the desires that God put on their heart like for a certain vocation some people are like well I feel like God is calling me to religious life but I'm scared for x y and z reasons I don't think blah 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 or somebody's like oh I feel like I'm being called to the married life but I don't know if I'm like x y and z or whatever so it's it's normal for us to have doubts and second thoughts, and all these things, because it's part of being human. But if God puts a desire on your heart, you can't neglect it. You can't neglect it because of fear, you know, fear of failure, just general fear, um, or whatever. You know, if it's part of God's plan, it'll make you happy beyond compare. Some people don't realize that, too. Um, Some people think that, oh, man, it's just better to not get married and to just, you know... (laughs) Being in so many different relationships whenever I want and, and engage in sexual activity, etc. Like they think it's better than settling down and having a family because that means commitment, and commitment scares people. Okay? I think that's why the whole idea of a vocation scares people is because it requires commitment, not just commitment to someone or something or a lifestyle, but it's commitment to God. It's a further commitment to God. It's saying, I am giving my life entirely over to you. And I know that this is the best form of doing that. And so for me personally, I knew at a young age that marriage was what I wanted. Like I wanted to get married and have lots of kids. And a lot of that might have been just the fact that I grew in a, grew up in a loving family. I was the oldest, you know, of three. So I had those sort of like second mother type of, like, I wasn't obviously a second mother, but like because I'm the oldest and I'm a girl, I had those motherly instincts for my siblings at times, you know, like when I was babysitting them or changing my sister's diaper, whatever it might have been, I had those kind of motherly instincts and that's another thing about being a female is we naturally have those instincts just embedded into us right it's a part of who we are if we didn't see beauty in motherhood what what would we do like where would the human race be like we just wouldn't have it but but god allows us to see that beauty of you know the beauty of being a housewife the beauty of being a mother and For some people, it's just so obvious. Like, that's what they want to do. And for other people, they just don't know. But I knew at a young age that that's something I wanted to experience. And then, you know, like, maybe, I guess, beginning of high school or whatever, I did start to think, okay, well, what if God is calling me to um, the religious life? I think it's so important to think about it, to pray about it, um, to even be like, God, it's like... It's part of your if it's part of your plan, I'll do it, you know what I mean? like just give it all to him, say you'll do whatever, like say thy will be done, and I think once I immediately kind of like said that and I thought about it and I prayed about it some, I started really realizing maybe that's not what I was meant to do, and I felt like God was starting to guide me more on a path, and it wasn't until I encountered certain people or I took certain classes, I did certain things that I started to realize, well, maybe this is what God wants of my life, or maybe this is what, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't until I stopped thinking about it, that things started falling into place. The same thing happened for what I wanted to do with my life. You know, it was kind of like, what major do you want to be? I don't know. And it would kind of change every few months or sometimes every day, you know what I mean? And you would like, oh, I want to do this or that or this and that, or maybe I'll do yeah, I'll, you know, I'll be a double major or whatever, or I'll minor in these two things or whatever. It was always like something. I was changing my mind all the time. It's because I was thinking about it all the time and I wanted to have answers, right? I wanted to have answers all the time. And it wasn't until I decided that I wasn't, that I was like, just not going to think about it, that things started falling into place. So I decided, okay, you know what? I'm just not going to think about what I want to do with my future. I don't want to think about what I want to do with my life. Just no. And it and it was when I decided that I was going to do that that I noticed literally just the other day kind of thinking back on everything and where I've come in the past year where, you know, this time last year I was so lost and so confused, didn't really know and I just decided like maybe a few months later that I was just going to like give it all to God wasn't going to care I was like, I have some time, you know I'll figure it all out and all this stuff and it was when I did that that I realized just the other day that god was leading me you know what i mean like i decided that i was just gonna not care i was just gonna let god take care of it that things started falling into place which is so beautiful to look at and to realize you know at the time i might have been like what the heck this is just not right people around me are figuring things out i don't know all this stuff and it hit me the other day and i was like wow no, I've come a long way. Like, like I've really come a long way in the past several months. You know, even it's been cl- almost a year. I want to say in in maybe like a year in October or so. I think it was a from a year in October. So next month, like mid October, that I really started to be like, okay, God, I don't care. You take care of it, and here I am, almost a year later, realizing the power of just saying that and doing that, being like, God, you take care of it. Just, I'm not going to think about it or whatever. And when I decided to stop thinking about it and everything, what happened? Like things started falling into place. It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and that shows you the power of surrendering to God. And having that in mind, I think the whole, like, thinking about your vocation thing is a good thing and a bad thing, if you know what I mean. Like, I've been thinking about it a lot and how I know for sure that I want to get married and have lots of kids and all this stuff. I know, you know, kind of, a, I see general idea of what I want to do for a career and everything and how I could be giving back to God and community and stuff with my career and with My talents and what I'm passionate about. You know, I I recognize these things. I see these desires that God has put on my heart, these talents that God has given me, all these things that I want to use for Him and His greater glory. Um, But I also must have an open mind and I also must not just think about it all the time because I don't know if that's what God has in store for me. You know, God might put these desires on my heart or you know, reveal certain things to me, but I won't all, I'm not always going to know, you know, I won't know when those things happen, when things are really going to fall into place, when I realize, like, if this is really, you know, what he wants of me, right, like, I won't know until it comes, so why bother worrying about it all the time, and that goes with stuff in general, Um, not only just way far in the future, but even the next day, like, I might be worried about something I have tomorrow, But that's tomorrow, you know? Like, in the Bible, God says, like, tomorrow will worry about itself for itself, if that makes sense. Like, tomorrow's worrying about itself. Like, God is going to worry about tomorrow, not you. (laughs) You know, like, tomorrow will come when it comes, you know? Um, That's a horrible, like, paraphrase of it. But you get what I mean. God isn't going to abandon us, you know? It's when, I think it's when we really learn to step back and say, you take care of it. That we start to realize these things, and what's so beautiful about this is the fact that I really wasn't able to see any of this just a few days ago. I wasn't able to recognize any of this. I was, you know, still so frustrated and still so confused. And I mean, I still kind of am. But I think it part of this has to do with the fact that I have been doing a surrender novena with um, two other girls. Um, Today's day five. I still need to do it, but I will do it after this. <laughs> um, and there's something so beautiful in the surrender novena that I already can see is shaping my life. Um, like God is working even deeper in me because I'm wanting to surrender myself to him if that makes sense like God will always love us God will always forgive us God will always be there for us but sometimes it we have to go through periods in our faith life where we feel like God isn't present or we or we struggle with scrupulosity or we struggle really hard with sin or overcoming a certain temptation whatever it may be we have to go through those things for a certain reason because it allows us to fully surrender ourselves over to God and I feel like a lot of what I've been experiencing in the past one to two months where just I have just not felt the best physically or mentally and so it's kind of like one thing is affecting another in my mental and physical health and just everyday tasks can be so draining and difficult and tiring and you know it's just it's hard Um, it's hard to act like you have it together when you don't, and you realize that, like, so much of how we feel or whatever, like, physically can affect our mental health, or so much of what we feel mentally can fit, can, like, affect our physical health, if that makes sense. Everything is so tied together, um, which is another, just some more proof of God's wonderful creation, but, like what we feel, like, can affect us a lot as individuals, and I know it was affecting my spiritual life, and it was just really difficult to make myself pray and surrender and 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 just do any of those things. Um, in a in a sense, I became scared of disappointing God of hurting him, I started to feel unworthy. I started to feel scared and I was letting those thoughts get to the better of me and it wasn't until I decided that I was going to step back and really try hard to give my life to him and just be like, you know what, you take care of it. You know, I've been through so much stuff already, and I came out alive, even though I thought I was gonna die, because I was panicking over something, and I didn't die. I made it. I made it out alive. I can do, I can do that again, but I can only do that with God's help, you know, and I need to learn to become totally dependent upon Him. I can't count on anybody to be there for me, and that's another thing about um relationships and such i feel like when you're young and you're single and you feel in yourself like this desire to be in a relationship sometimes you need to recognize that it's not the best thing to be in a relationship right now because at this point you're only wanting to be in a relationship for the sake of being in a relationship for saying oh i have a boyfriend or oh oh my gosh i have my first kiss or, oh he, look at the way he looks at me like all these things right these are just things that are giving you giddy feelings right they're not it's not proof that this person is meant to be with you for your entire life you know because you never know when that person's going to leave you. That's why you can never become fully dependent on someone. And I've already talked about this. And the whole, like, when you get married, you become one. That's why I hate, I literally hate it when people say, Oh, this is my better half. I love him so much. Whatever. I'm like, sweetie. No, there's no such thing as halves, okay? Like, you are not a half. He's not a half. You do not come together and become one you are two that become one and that's the power of marriage and that's how beautiful it is and I think it's because our society has convinced people that it's half and half that come together as one that you become so dependent upon the other person for your happiness for your sanity whatever it may be you know for fulfillment you know that marriages fall apart is because you're expecting so much out of your other person you're expecting a whole nother half of you know like half of them, right, but sometimes we can't give like half you know like when when you give you give all the way, if you know what I mean like if you're going to go out of your way and help someone, don't just like you know throw a little pebble you know in, in, into the river and have a tiny ripple no you need to throw. Uh, like a huge chunky rock into the water and you need to like skid it across there you need to make sure that you're you're giving like the biggest ripple that you can because that's what we're called to do that's what true love is it's literally just giving your all to someone it's agape that's the greatest form of love the highest form of love it's that self-sacrificial love it's showing that You would die for this person. And you want to know who who showed us that? Jesus, by dying on the cross. He's the greatest form of love. So if you find in your heart this desire to, to feel love, you're already loved, okay? That's another thing, too. So many people think, I just want to be told that I'm loved. I want to be loved by someone. Sure, it's okay. I feel that all the time. But it's because we convince ourselves that we need someone to tell us that we're loved that we'll never feel really loved. We need to learn to feel loved just by knowing that Jesus died on the cross for your very sake because he loved you. So that's just some thoughts on that, um just like kind of vocation and surrendering to God in general, and to dive deeper into the whole like why I see marriage and you know being a housewife and all these things so attractive um, so, like I said, you know I was I'm the oldest, and you know, I kind of felt like I had those um what was I saying <laughs> uh, why can't I talk guys so it's like because I was the oldest like I had those moments where I was allowed to like inter- interact with younger siblings and take care of them and you know feed them change diapers whatever it was um that I saw the beauty of doing those little tasks that a lot of people are just kind of like man whatever like that's whatever <laughs> um I thought it was literally the coolest thing ever, the sweetest thing ever, in fact, like just being able to take care of a little person. And my parents taught us at a young age the importance of life and the sacredness of life, right? From conception until natural death. And I recognized that. And because of that, my family and I fully supported the pro life movement. Still do. Very proud of that. And I will stand by that for forever. Because, think about it, if you, like, think about the fact, like, what if your parents decided that, oh, it's my choice, I don't want to have this child, and you never existed? That's a heavy thing to think about, right? We can't just pick and choose. That's the thing. People are trying to pick and choose so many things in our society, oh, this thing will make me happy and this thing will make me happy. This thing will be a burden. This thing won't be a burden. And It's like you're trying to make the perfect, like, Chex Mix or something, okay? And there's no such thing as the perfect Chex Mix because you look at a Chex Mix bag and you see broken chips, right? So if you think about it, it's impossible. But that's what people are doing. They're trying to, to substitute things um, as a means of, you know gaining pleasure or peace or whatever or are trying to cover up things cover up the pain, the hurt, the brokenness the loneliness with certain relationships with certain things and it leads people down dark roads desperate paths and it's not worth it but people think it is and people will deny it because they let their pride get into the way and I've talked about this for a long time But that's kind of essentially why so many people are for abortion. And they think that, oh, it's important to have a choice. Sure, God gave us a free will. all right. My body, my choice. It's not your body. The child is attached to your body temporarily. You know, he's just growing inside of your body. Like, no, it's not a part of your body. Okay? So that's the first thing that I always think of in terms of, okay... Why can't you use that argument? So there's my argument on that. But if you just step back and not even think about that, think about how, wow, like, that's a heavy thing to think about. Like, what if your parents decided, okay, I have a choice. I don't want this person to exist. You know, like, so you might have not existed, okay? So that's the thing is people are abusing their... I guess they're like abusing free will if you know what I mean like free will is a beautiful gift from God but it can definitely be taken too far by people and we can see how making decisions like this trying to choose a decision for someone else um, why that is so wrong and so damaging it's just not right it's like no you have a right to life so shouldn't that person have a right to life so Because I saw all those things and I recognized all those things at a young age and I believed those things was able to come to a reasoning as to why those things are wrong and why, you know, life is just so sacred and why it must be kept so. That was just another thing, you know, like another layer as to why I kind of thought about the fact that, man... I want to get married and have kids because I see how beautiful the gift of a child is, right? I just saw it as so attractive, you know, and I still do. I literally just saw like a newborn baby, like it wasn't anyone I knew or whatever, but I was in a public place where someone had a newborn child and I was like, "Oh my goodness, how cute." <laughs> like your heart just kind of melts and and you just stop and you just you just look at how beautiful that that little child is right and we can see that like we have that naturally in us as human beings especially as women to like to take care of someone to take care of something and we can see how fulfilling it is and just how beautiful something is you know like how special something is we have that literally embedded into us like god created us that way whether someone believes in god or not they can still come to an understanding as to why it's wrong to kill, why it's wrong to do drugs, why it's wrong to, to, you know, to treat your body a certain way or whatever, we can tell that those things are wrong. We have a moral compass, right? We can feel guilt. We can feel pleasure. We can feel all these things. So we know the difference between something, you know, being right and wrong, good for us or bad for us you know whatever it may be we have that embedded into us it's a part of who we are as human beings so we know and we shouldn't let the the views of others and um that have like abused their abused free will a beautiful gift from God affect us you know what I mean so know where you stand know what you believe in and be proud of it and that's kind of where I was where I stood at at a young age and I still do to this day so that's just kind of another layer right and then another layer is just the fact that um I saw something so beautiful in the suffering that comes with being a wife and a mother you know like it's not easy like think about it you know it's not just church bells and baby diapers it's also bills and it's also disagreements, but you, you still are able to see eye to eye, you know? It's like, it's those things that show true love. And it's essentially, not even those things, but it's essentially like loving God so much, like, so, so much that you're going to help everyone you encounter in your path, especially the love of your life and your family, to get to heaven, like, that's, that's your goal, you know, and it's so beautiful to think about, it's something that I always thought about at a young age, and I continue to think about, and obviously, I've been thinking about it a lot, because the older I get, like, the more I realize, wow, in a few years, I can have kids, you know, like, I can be married and have kids, it's a weird thing to think about, okay, but it's an important thing to think about but again, balance is key. Balance is key to everything, right? Like, you can't just think about this all the time, because it can get to a point where you're like, oh man, I just want the future to come, I just want to experience all these things, and and do this and that, and no, like, it's okay to acknowledge these things, to pray about these things, all this stuff, but you can't let it totally consume you, so that's just kind of my view on that, um, Yes, life is sacred, life is beautiful. Like I saw something just so beautiful in suffering and having someone side by side. Like side by my side, you know, someone that's basically like your sidekick. (laughs) Like but not your sidekick, you know what I mean? Like you're both sidekicks for each other, I guess. Um, and you're on a path towards sainthood. And that's just awesome, you know? It's like it's so nice to know that you're not alone and you shouldn't be alone, you know, you shouldn't be alone on your journey to sainthood. You shouldn't. It's just, it's not good, you know, if that's the case, like, it's just, like, if that's the case for you, like, you gotta start trying to, like, bring people along because we can't do anything by ourselves. Of course, we must be totally reliant on God, but it's something so beautiful Just to think about the fact that like God allows us to encounter certain people in our life that will help us to get to heaven. And what's funny is like the people that might annoy us the most, the people that were like, why are you even in my life? I don't get it. This isn't right. You know what I mean? Um, Whatever it may be. Like those are the people that I think are meant to be in your life the most, because they allow us to um, suffer, and suffering is beautiful, you know when we feel like we want to snap out at someone and we don't that's that's just awesome, you know God loves it when we can learn to just not judge and not assume something or not hate someone or anything like we must recognize that every person we encounter in our life is a part of our journey towards heaven we can either use it we can either use it to our advantage or to our disadvantage you know it's part of the whole like free choice like the not free choice free will thing um that allows us to choose whether we want to take the easy path you know, the the wide and easy short path or the narrow, long, winding path towards heaven, right? Um, because if you try to take the easy path, you're just trying to get your way out. And you're going to find yourself on a dark, lonely road. But there's something so beautiful in just the community of the church, especially just the ability that god like gave us to connect with people especially connect with someone like in a way where like you literally marry someone and you're bound to them for life and you're not just two anymore you are one like that is so beautiful and think about how beautiful the gift of marriage is like think about marrying joseph literally the best married couple to ever exist isn't that just so awesome like you could be a mary right In fact, we're called to strive to be like Jesus and Mary and Joseph, like the Holy Family and the Saints. And I think if you find in yourself this desire to get married, to be in a relationship with someone, to be a housewife or whatever pray to mother mary she was literally the best housewife ever and i think another interesting thing to think about as well is a lot of people think that being a housewife is a burden or it's degrading to a woman or whatever because a long time ago like a long long time ago people literally were like women are below men women are literally just pretty bodies that can carry children you know like that's literally their main purpose but i think god used women to show like No, we're equals, right? Men and women are equals. They both need each other. They're both complementary, like, all this stuff. And he showed the importance of women by allowing women to bring children into the world. By, like, showing us through certain individuals like Esther and Ruth and um, Mary Magdalene and Martha and, of course, Mother Mary, the mother of God, that women have such a beautiful purpose, you know, like, we too, like, can serve God in such a special way by bringing children into this world or by, um, becoming religious sisters, and it's so beautiful to think about, and a lot of the times people think that the Catholic Church just pushes women down, doesn't acknowledge the fact that, you know, women should have a choice of whatever it may be, um, But if anything, the Catholic Church shows you more than anything else ever could or anyone else ever could. Like God shows us, the Catholic Church shows us that women are just as sacred as men. And that's awesome, right? The Church shows that so beautifully we can see that through mother mary and i think when people think of oh man i can't settle down and get married young because that's degrading i gotta go and travel the world or make some sort of thing out of myself and have a career a lot of women think this this is why they get you know get abortions or decide to wait so long and struggle to have children whatever it may be like because they think it's degrading they think it just pushes women down and you know they think that they're being all high and mighty with their feministic views but really they're not they're not at all they're they're again they're abusing they're neglecting their like the desires that god has put on their heart you know they're searching for those elsewhere they're searching to fill those empty spots of their life with other things And I think that Mother Mary, the mother of God, the fact that she was a housewife says a lot about how beautiful and sacred that gift is, and that vocation is, and why God just loves it, you know? And I personally think it's just so awesome to think about, so beautiful to think about being able to, like, come together as one with someone in marriage and be bound to them for life for god you know for the greater glory of god and that purpose of that marriage is to bring children into the world and bring those children close to god it's like it's this awesome like even though it's like a two-in-one type thing you know like not only is it just you and your spouse working as one it's also god you know it's kind of like this really awesome like pyramid type thing right (laughs) and it's god that's the center of Your vocation, your marriage, your love life, everything you know, whatever you do with your life, God should be the center. And like when God allows a life to come into this world, like allows you to become a parent or whatever, it's such a beautiful gift because that child was created in the image and likeness of God. And that is seriously so awesome. And if you think about it, like, oh my goodness, I was a child one day, like, Before I even existed, even, like, God knew me. He knew my plan. Like, He knew the plan for my life. He knew the things that I wanted to do or the mistakes I would make or what plan I thought I had. You know, whatever it was, He already knew. That is so amazing. And the fact that people think that they can just destroy that breaks my heart. So I think all those things really has just led me further to see how beautiful the gift of marriage and the vocation of marriage you know being a wife and a mother all those things has just it's just it fills me with joy the thought of it fills me with joy and I know it's what God is calling me to do and I'm not going to neglect it and I'm not going to abuse it right and that's so important Because our society has tainted our views on on what a marriage should, should be like, what a relationship should be like, what the foundation of that relationship is or whatever. But it comes down to God and it comes down to just literally having a good relationship with God surrendering to God so me connecting the whole like surrender novena and you know surrendering to God just in general and vocations and praying and just letting God take over like even while praying like I have been struggling a lot with scrupulosity so I'll be kind of inclined to like say a bunch of prayers out of a prayer book and then do this and that and I'm like if I don't do this or that I'm gonna be a horrible person and I'm not gonna go to heaven you know all those things and recently I was like you know what I will do, like, these prayers every day. I will try my best. And, you know, like, if I want to have a conversation with God and talk to him about something, that's awesome. That's great, too. That's, if anything, that's even more important, you know. Um, Because God doesn't want us to be, like, these crazy robots that are just talking to him. (laughs) Like, saying these same prayers every single day. You know, then we're just going through the motions. Then we're just trying to get it over with he wants us to have to enter into a conversation with him a conversation that's reverent both reverent and and friendly now you're coming to him as a broken child you're coming to him also as someone that is searching for a friend you know someone that just wants to talk to the best friend that you could ever have So that's kind of my thoughts on, at least my thoughts for now, that kind of got, that God put on my heart, and I just decided that I wanted to share with you guys, because I've talked to a few people about this recently, about how, man, is it hard to live your vocation out right now, like, or to not think about these things all the time, or wish away your present, you know, the present moment, or whatever, like, a lot of people just want to, just cut the chase and get to the future. But that's just not what we're supposed to do. You know, it's not what God wants us to do. And if anything, like, that shows that we're not ready. If we're not ready, God's not gonna, you know, I guess, make us encounter our spouse. You know, like, it's just... Patience is key. Surrender is key. In um, entering into a conversation with God, becoming best friends with Him, realizing that your love, the love of your life, isn't going to fulfill you either. Um, Emily Wilson, she's a wonderful Catholic speaker. She speaks about this all the time in her YouTube videos. Um, she does some stuff with Ascension Presents, and she also has some books as well. So, I'm currently reading "Go Bravely" by um, Emily Wilson. And oh my goodness, I got this book for my birthday. I don't know if i talked about this yet, but I got it from a friend and it is so good. So, so good. I'm not even that far into the book. And it talks a lot about that, you know, like, what does it mean to be a woman of God, a daughter of God? You know, like, is that the greatest title we could ever have? Yes. Heck yes. But why? You know, like, and why is it so important to... To pray to God every day, and why is it so important to surrender? Why is it so important to, you know, experience suffering and see beauty in suffering and know that, you know, getting married and having kids isn't going to fulfill you or whatever? Like, it's so important to recognize these things. And she does a beautiful job at explaining why these things are important, why we need to think about these things, pray about these things. And, and work towards these certain goals and have a certain mindset or whatever in a relationship with God. Um, so that's another thing that's kind of helped me a lot with just further, I guess, exploring the desires that God has put on my heart for a certain vocation. Um, but most importantly, just have an open heart, an open mindset, and... Just constantly be willing to give your life to God every single day. It's not something that you do once and you're over with. That's why when Protestants think that they can just get baptized and literally not have to have any sort of forgiveness whatsoever. They're just like, oh, I believe in God. I get baptized. I am officially saved for life. Like, it doesn't work like that. And I don't know if I've explained before the whole C.S. Lewis thing. C.S. Lewis is a Protestant, and he said that a lot of the time, like, he would explain purgatory in this way. He came to just with his own reasoning why purgatory has to exist. And he's a Protestant, okay? As as someone that, like, felt so against Catholicism for so long, like C.S. Lewis like, there's some stuff that he believed in, that Catholics believed in, that are, like, pretty big fundamental Catholic beliefs, so, and he came to this just through natural faith, you know, just through natural reasoning, you know, and through what he understood about the faith, so I think I might have talked about this before, but I just want to briefly mention it, because it's so beautiful, and it even goes back to, like, you know, if you struggle with scrupulosity and stuff, and rooting out sin, and that constant desire to just just get sin out of your life all the time like it's impossible you know that's why people that are scrupulous like struggle so much is because they think that they constantly have to keep on rooting out the sin like getting rid of all the weeds in their garden but like it's impossible you know like it's just going to keep on coming back but that doesn't mean that we have to give up you know what I mean but it doesn't mean like we have to like obsessively (laughs) you know try to pull out those weeds every single minute of our day um so, like, it's that balance, but we also have to recognize that no matter how many times you go to confession and we ask God for his forgiveness, the stain of sin is still on our souls. You know what I mean? Like, the minute we commit that sin, God has already dropped it, he's already forgot it, he's already get forgiven you, all this stuff, right? But we still have that stain of sin on our souls, right? And think about it like this. This is how C.S. Lewis explained it to people. He said, if you were standing face to face before God and you were covered from head to toe in tons of dirt and filth, you're just disgusting, right? You probably smell bad, all this stuff. And you're just, you're standing in front of the king of kings. And God's like, okay, you can go to heaven. Would you just waltz right in there? Or would you say, can I clean myself first? And I was like, whoa, and that is awesome always stuck with me ever since my dad told me about that and i thought that i was like whoa that is the best way to explain why purgatory has to be a thing and we can see that through scripture and stuff and a lot of the times people want to neglect that and not think about it but that's the whole point of purgatory is the purification it's letting go of all these things stripping ourselves of these things and these desires it's learning to totally surrender and just strip yourself of everything and totally surrender to god i mean we can start doing that in our life here on earth you know that's that's why it's important to suffer and to make sacrifices and just drive towards sainthood and why it's so 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 important to surrender so i would highly recommend doing a surrender novena if you're struggling a lot and this isn't something you just do once and literally everything is magically changed you can keep on doing it like you could literally finish your story in your novena and start it all over again like there is no limit on how many times you can pray this thing how many times you can pray talk to God in general so I encourage you deeply to do the do these things if you feel com- confused or lost about where God is calling you in your life or what your purpose is what your vocation is You know, am I doing the right thing? Am I listening to God? Am I just following these desires? Whatever it is, like, don't just think about it, worry about it, overanalyze it. Bring it to God, you know, like, surrender to Him. I'm telling you, when you stop thinking about it and worrying about it all the time, that's when things really start to fall into place, you know, and it's all about that. Surrendering and not worrying. The pray, hope, and don't worry, as St. Padre Pio said. So, That's what I encourage. Um, I know this podcast episode was just kind of all over the place, and honestly, not the best um, that I've made because I just kept kind of getting lost in thought. But I want to let you guys all know that I'm praying for you. And if you ever have, like, if you're thinking about this a lot or you're struggling with something similar, if you have some sort of concerns or you want more details about like the um surrender novena, like I'd be happy to do a podcast episode going deeper into those things. I'd be happy to share about those things. Like I just like just message me. I know a lot of friends and stuff listen to this, so um being able to, to, to connect with people and stuff is great. I have thought about starting a social media platform, like a few like accounts on social media platforms to share more, like, share stuff I talk about on my podcast episodes and stuff like that, and, um, I, I, I might do it at some point, but you never know, um, we'll see, and I'm still trying to debate whether or not I want to start season two, um, what's interesting is, uh, in my last episode, the 80s episode, I was talking about Rob Lowe, my favorite actor from the 80s, well, one of my favorite actors from the 80s. Um, and he just started season two of his podcast episode, I mean, his podcast series called Literally. Um, he just, I think he just started that today. So that's pretty exciting. Started his season two. So part of me is like, hmm, maybe I should turn season two soon because this is episode like 31, I think. Um, and I just don't know how much further I'm going to go with this. Honestly, don't really know if I need to do a season two, you know. It would be interesting to have an entire season to talk about a certain topic or um, have a certain theme, you know. Uh, or maybe, like, center it around, like, a few, like, specific topics so I can dive deeper into them. Because I think if you know me and you've been following me on this podcast episode for a long time, you know I like to rant. You know, I like to think about these things, certain things a lot, especially these things like, I don't know, literature, prayers, you know, faith life stuff, vocation, all these things, like, I like to think about these things a lot and might as well share them with other people because it's nice to, I guess, like, share information with people because it helps us to know we're not alone. It helps us to um, connect with people and um, even grow when we know we're not the only one who's struggling with these things. A lot of the times I will make an episode usually after I have a conversation with someone or pray to God, you know. So everything that I write, I'm not right about everything that I talk about on here um, is put on my heart by God or some other person, you know, working through God, um, that made me, like, oh, I have to talk about this topic or whatever it is, like, I only do these things usually after I talk to someone or I'm inspired by something that I read, and that's another thing I really want to talk about. I think I might have an entire podcast series, um, about, reading and writing and why it's so important as a Catholic and why you must be careful about what am I saying? Careful? Why did I say that? Careful about what you read as a Catholic like how much is too much, you know, like in terms of like content wise like how far is too far like in terms of like is this bad is this not bad you know what 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 does good literature consist of you know like especially if you are a Catholic and you're interested in reading and writing more if that's a career you want to pursue or whatever that's a topic that I'm really interested in because I feel like God has really put this desire in my heart to follow this path and find out why it's important to read and write as a Catholic and how those can shape us into holy people and how you can even see Catholic teachings in, and just God in general, like working through people and working through works of literature that are secular. Isn't that kind of crazy? Um, I'm currently reading a book that's called How to Read and Write Like a Catholic and it's by Joshua wren it's H-R-E-N probably like Ren I don't know um, and it's so good it has already literally like made me fallen 10 times more in love with reading and writing and I'm only on page like I don't know, like 16 or 17. So I'm not even that far. I'm trying to take it in small chunks and I am sort of annotating it. Um, that's another thing. I also want to have an entire podcast episode about why people should annotate books and why it's okay. Why people should write in their books, why they shouldn't treat them as some like priceless artifacts um, I actually kind of came to the realization of how cool it is to annotate and how awesome it is to write in your books the other day when I had an entire conversation about it with a friend and then she sent me a video about what converted her <laughs> to um, actually like see something so beautiful in annotating a book which probably sounds so nerdy but I'm not ashamed whatsoever because I honestly think that it's literally one of the coolest things ever now and I will be doing it for forever and it kind of sucks because I'm actually borrowing a book for school from someone and I can't highlight in it I can't annotate in it and it is literally bothering me like crazy because I can't do anything about it technically I could take notes and you know on a separate piece of paper but it's not the same if you know (laughs) what I mean um so don't feel bad for wanting to write in a book if you want to. I will make an entire podcast episode, and then you can share it with the people that give you hate for doing so, or give you hate for seeing Catholic themes and Christian themes in secular literature. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, these Catholics and these Christians or whatever, like, okay, those Christians are Catholics, right? Um, no, Catholics are Christians, not Christians are Catholics, Catholics are Christians because we believe in God. Um, anyways, <laughs> like a lot of the times like people will say, oh my gosh, those Christians are reading far, like are are just like reading too much into this book. This, this is a secular book. The person who was writing this didn't believe in God, blah, blah, blah. So how could they, how could they write something that has truth and meaning and some sort of like, i guess proof of god's existence proof of proof that god is working through this person whether that person knows it or not people are like oh my gosh those christians are just reading too much into things we're not in fact we should be because why else would we read so that's the thought i'm going to leave you guys off with i have a lot more on that topic to come but I really need to start reading the rest of that book in order for me to to dive deeper into that topic. But I'm telling you, this book is life-changing already, and it has made me fall in love even more with writing and reading and see the true beauty of it, and even realize why I feel so connected to secular books. Because I've talked about, like, the outsiders and stuff and my connection through that, and why I think that God has really taught me a lot through that book and continues to do so I feel like that just I don't know it's just further proof that God is so good and he works in so many different little ways and that kind of also ties in with this entire podcast episode you know I know that I go on little rants and tangents here and there but it all kind of ties together and it's just me talking. So I guess (laughs) this is just how I am. Anyways, if you're still listening, I want to thank you so much for your support and for your time. And seriously, if any of this stuck out to you and you're thinking about it or you're struggling with something or you have an opinion on this, I would love to hear it. would love to find out more. I personally would just love to have a cup of coffee or tea with every single one of you and talk about so much more than what I am able to say on here in like an hour or over an hour or under an hour usually over an hour because I can't get to the point can't cut to the chase but that's okay God made me like this I'm a wordy person which is why I like reading it's words why I like writing it's words so anyways that's just my thoughts, um, just some things that God put on my heart, and I wanted to share with you guys, please know that, you know, like, God doesn't just put desires on your heart for reasons. reason, so don't neglect it, and don't abuse it.